You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome to the Oz Network for more coverage on The Amazing Race. Uh, no, it's not season 29. That's still to come. We do promise we will have something on the end of season 29. We do have an episode recorded. It's just going to take a little bit of work to iron out some of the technical problems in the episode, but that'll be out soon enough. Until then, we're going to talk about, uh, I believe, a superior version of The Amazing Race. Uh, this season still remains to be seen, but uh, overall, Amazing Race Canada is back. And if you are desiring for a classic old school version of The Amazing Race, this is what you should be watching. It's much more traditional. It's two teams that actually know each other. It's regular Amazing Race tasks. Uh, it's all in Canada, so it's everything that's good about the world. Uh, I'm, of course, Colin, and I'm Canadian. And uh, this is Canada 150, so we have to bring a Canadian host on to talk about The Amazing Race Canada. But uh, I am joined by a neighbor from the south. Uh, he's from somewhere down there, if you see where I'm pointing. Anthony Rossi, thank you for being here to provide us with an American perspective from down there. Yeah, I'm glad to, to help. I, but you did get me excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to next season of Amazing Race Canada when they do perfect strangers or all these random people come yeah. together. Yeah, I, I would be afraid if they ever did that in Canada. Uh, I mean, because I think... The whole idea with The Amazing Race, and I think this is why I'm a little bit excited about this, even though we will talk about on the U.S. Season 29 episode that's still to come, but what we liked about having teams who knew each or didn't know each other this uh, past season, the U.S. version, I don't think that would work with a Canadian one because Canadians are just known to be way too polite. So we're going to get no arguments. Like, can you imagine if you had paired up the Canadian counterparts of uh, uh, who are those, the two bickering ones, uh, Vank and Ashton from U.S.? The Canadian counterparts, like they'd be getting along the whole time. They'd be too friendly. It would provide no drama. So uh, I think you need in Canada, you need to know somebody really well to really hate them. And that's where I'm hoping to get out of this season. Uh, so we are talking about season five now of The Amazing Race Canada. The last time we brought you any type of coverage on our old show was season three of The Amazing Race Canada, which is still my favorite season. Uh, Rossi, you've been watching Amazing Race Canada on up for a few years. So how many of these seasons have you seen? I've seen them all. All of them. Okay. Do you have a particular favorite season? Um, I think the second season was surprisingly one of my favorites. Even though I don't really care for too many of the teams on this season, I think that was the most enjoyable as a show. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on season two and season three. Uh, I think I would lean towards season three just because the teams were so much fun. Um, you know, Brian and Cynthia, especially we had our Brian and Cynthia moment of the week. I don't know if we're going to get one of those. And I will agree with you, season two, the teams weren't as exciting. I obviously wasn't a fan of Natalie and Megan, but there are some good ones on there like Elaine and Audrey and uh, Suki and Jinder were my favorite. Cormac and Nicole, there's another good one. So I'm, I'm hoping that we get like a really good breakout team this season. But if we don't, you know, I think it should still be a fun season. You know, going into this, I didn't really know much about the teams for season five. I kind—I of, think I was on vacation when all the teams were revealed, and they were just revealing them here. You know, maybe about four teams a day, just like brief bios. So nowadays, I don't really go into any season of Amazing Race or Survivor with too much prep or knowing too much. I like to kind of just surprise myself. But you actually did go out of your way to do some preseason research on these teams. So without getting into any of your predictions on how it was going to go, what team stuck out for you before this episode even started? Um, I was definitely interested in a lot of them because I feel like this season, there's a, they're really diverse and from like 
where they come from. You have the funeral home people. You got these weird guys. You have the models turn business women. I just feel like a weird mix. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of standouts, uh, weirdly enough, Ken and Ryan stood out for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Because they just, like, screamed, like, obnoxious, annoying, like, they could rub people the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of gone 180 in my thinking of them now, because they're one of my favorites. Um, They're your profile picture. I'm going to point that out to anybody who can't see you, which is everybody other than me on Skype right now. That's your profile pic. We're we're pointing at it. Yeah, (laughs) it's right there. Um, and I said, I would also say the the cousins Megan and Courtney also really stood out for all the wrong reasons as well. <laughs> These like fish out of water girls, like trying to make it in this big race, and it's like so overwhelming for them. Yeah, for me, I mean the the only ones that I think really grabbed my attention preseason, just from the little bits and pieces that I saw. I will agree with you, Kenneth, Kenneth and Ryan. Uh, you could tell just by looking at them, they were going to be a really over the top team. And I think they surprised me just in how over the top they were. You know, once five minutes into the show, I, I mean, I was exhausted just watching these guys. Uh, obviously, um, Aaron and Deb stood out just from the look of them. They looked very unique. And, you know, you find out about the funeral director thing. It's interesting. And uh, I'm trying to think of any of the other teams really even. Dan and Rhea, maybe just because of the whole YouTube creators, when I saw that, when it was posted with their profile, I'm like, so these are the creators of YouTube? Like, it was kind of confusing the way it's phrased. But, uh, you know, I, I, that's pretty much all I really know. I'm, I'm not familiar with their YouTube channel or anything, but uh, I, I'm going to claim them as the creators of YouTube from this day forward. <laughs> the creators of YouTube, Dan and Rhea. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, the rest of the teams just seemed, you know, like typical teams to me. And the, the funny thing you say about Kenneth and Ryan, uh, to me, they were like the most Canadian team I had ever seen, even preseason. Like, just looking at them and just reading their bios, they just screamed, your typical like blue collar Canadians. And I think they're hilarious. Uh, having seen the episode now, you know, we'll go into more details about who stood out to you as we go throughout the episode here, but any of the teams surprise you where you didn't expect much of them or any of the ones that you're like, Oh, I have a lot of hope for them. And then kind of disappointed in this episode. Um, I'll start with the, like the not as notable changes, but I was a little bit surprised by Karen and Bert. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really impressed with Bert's athleticism throughout the race. Um, I, I didn't think that the, he, he had it in him to compete as well. Um, I was pleased with Shabir's performance. I, I was surprised to see that even though he's the oldest one on the race, he didn't fall short like Deb did. Um, and a lot of teams that were kind of middle of the road for me, something like Corey and Ivana, Sam and Paul, they kind of stood out and did well, and I was pleased to see that there was a lot more drive than from these boring bios that they were giving. Overall, I wouldn't say that there's any team that really stood out. I mean, Ken and Ryan, obviously, they stood out to me uh, just because of how energetic they are. Um, most of the teams I'm still kind of on the fence on because I just don't think that we've seen enough of them. And yet it's funny because the the impression I had coming out of this episode was that every team seemed to be on speed or a whole lot of sugar or something. Like, this is the most hyperactive cast I've ever seen in The Amazing Race. And yet nobody really grabbed my attention just yet. Uh, Andrea and Ebony I'm very interested in, just because they they played an interesting strategy, and I think they're a big part of this episode. 
and they may be one of these teams that learns from their mistakes. But you know, uh, overall, I'm still waiting to see who who will stand out on this cast. Um, which team for you was the the most invisible? Let's just call it after episode one before even getting into the coverage. Who is the invisible team on this season? Who is the I'm, I'm not, this is not a joke. I'm still struggling to remember their name. The winners of season, the, the ones I always forget, uh, the reporters. One of these days I'll remember their names. Kelsey. Kelsey and, Kelsey and Joey. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so oh my gosh. Who is the Kelsey and Joey of this season after episode one? Who's invisible? Who are you? Uh, okay, they're on this season. Um, I would probably say Corey and Ivana would just be my standout one because they seem the most generic in the fact that they're just good friends. Like there's no relationship to work through. There's no major physical issue. There's no glaring major problem that I'll see them having. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe them. Uh, I don't know. Um, It's funny because when you said them, I was, almost surprised because I'm just looking at the profile pictures of the cast here and I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember them. They were really strong. And then I struggled to remember what they did on the race. I think there was that one moment where they were saying they were trainers or something like that as part of it. Come on, we could do this for trainers. That's all I really remember. Sam and Paul's the one. Like I remember them being introduced at the beginning of the episode and I could not tell you if they were even there for the rest of the episode. Like, am I the only one? Like, did you notice something about them that I didn't on this episode? Like I, I'm actually really struggling to remember if they even finished. Where were they? They were one of the top five. I don't actually remember. It got really muddy with the the girls sitting out Mm. because all those teams checked in. Um, I don't actually remember. I feel like between the two of them, those teams, like I can't remember what they did this episode, but that's genuinely not uncommon for the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they finished in fourth place. And I guess it's those middle-of-the-road ones that are going to get a little bit lost in the shuffle. Uh, and, of course, with the, the penalty, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, that would have. But, yeah, th- like, none of these teams are really boring to me at this point. Um, I'm optimistic. Uh, overall, what was your opinion of this as a premiere episode before we get into the individual coverage of uh, each segment and challenge? Um, as, like, a race? It was fine. Like, I thought that everything was fair from a competition point. But as, like, TV, it was kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really love it. I, I didn't feel the the intensity of, this is the first episode, like, get pumped. Like, other, like, Survivor will do that. Even, like, some other versions of The Amazing Race, like, get you pumped. And, like, this didn't do it. Maybe it's because they were on, like, this remote island to start or what. I don't know what it was, but they were, like, flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the challenges is what killed it for me, and I'm not trashing the episode at all because I think it was just it was okay. It was, you know, an average Amazing Race premiere. I think in comparison, like the last few seasons, I think had much stronger premieres. Um, I'd be excited to see them just once, and I understand the concept of this is you know, there's so much in Canada. Canada is such a huge country; you can go anywhere, and you're always seeing something new every season. But it would be nice to maybe do one of the overseas legs first and then come back. Because I think the fact is they went to Vancouver, basically, for the first episode in Vancouver Island. And it's just, that's something, at least in Canada, like everybody knows what Vancouver looks like. I mean, anybody anywhere else knows. If you watch any TV show, you're not seeing scenery. It's one of those things like with uh, New York City. 
uh, it doesn't matter if it's a part of the story or not. Like if you're from Iceland, if you're from uh, Nicaragua, you probably know what New York City looks like just by looking at it. I feel like Vancouver is one of those places. So scenery didn't really grab me. And there were just some missed opportunities because I think the challenges we had were very average and yet they had some great locations like the suspension bridge. That was really interesting to me. And even other things like the 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 landmarks that we had along the way. You know, those would have been interesting to just incorporate a little bit more, but it was just they kind of just breezed over it. Um starting out to <laughs> the bios of the teams. Uh I like having these. This is something that uh, I wish Survivor would go back to doing and you know, you don't always have enough time, but uh the one that really stood out to me was for Deb and Aaron. You know, they're talking about being, uh, more, is they morticians or grave diggers? They, they run a funeral home or something like that. And they're basically on a grave smiling and dancing. It was just, it was the most, I don't know if it was as intentional or it was unintentionally, but it was just incredibly awkward to me to watch this really happy mother and son basically dancing on somebody's grave. It just, it looked awful. I don't know. Um, any of these profile videos stand out to you? Do you like having these? I don't know what it was, like, but I didn't notice it before. I never thought about it too much. But these were, like, the most awkward things mm-hmm. ever. I don't know why. I don't know if it was this season or if it was just something that I finally picked up on, but it was so uncomfortable. Like, I was, like, like cringing throughout the whole opening, and especially, like, when they were at the starting line or, like, at the – they were all standing around talking when John was yelling, and they're all, like – this prize and this prize and the official winners, the amazing race. And people are like screaming like they've never heard of something before. Like it was just so uncomfortable. It looked so forced. I want to talk about that line too really quickly because that's something that was probably unintentional. It just came off wrong. Like he's talking about, you'll get, you know, a Chevy, whatever, you know, $250,000. And he goes, and the amazing race Canada. He didn't say, and the prize as winners of the amazing race Canada. He goes, and the Amazing Race Canada. You win the show. You you become the Amazing Race Canada. <laughs> uh, they could have done an edit on that one. But yeah, I agree with you. Awkward. And maybe if the U.S. version had this, these bios all the time to introduce the teams, it would be different because I feel like whenever I do watch the opening credits of the U.S. version, like the poses they have just get cheesier every year. But I don't know, seeing the videos, it was a little bit too over the top, a little bit too forced, particularly the whole dancing on the grave thing. Um, yeah, th- th- not the best opening I think the show's ever had. All right, moving on. <laughs> the first challenge uh, is basically decoding Morse code, which I like the idea of this, uh, and it was probably my favorite challenge of the episode, of the, the few we had. Uh, and the big drama here is, of course, the penalty that uh, uh, Ebony and Andrea take right off the bat. And taking penalties is something that always bothers me on The Amazing Race. I feel like for a while there, particularly around season 25, 26 of the U.S. version, it just became a weekly strategy. Oh, let's just take a penalty. Let's take a penalty. And I think this happened in the first episode of the Amazing Race Canada last year. It was, uh, or if it wasn't the first yeah, episode, it was it the was, second. No, it was. It was the first episode because I remember two teams took a yeah. penalty. Yeah. And, and it was a big drama of who was going to get there first. Yeah. And maybe one of the problems I have with the penalties is because it just feels like it's a cop out. Like you want to see people really be challenged. You know, we were 
I think all on board in the episode you still to hear on the Amazing Race US season 29 that uh, we like that it was a more challenging race. And when people can just take the penalties, I think it just kills the, the challenge. But I liked this as a strategy in that they did it right away because they're saying this could take us hours. Let's do it now. Let's breeze through everything and then maybe we'll be far enough ahead. I don't think in any way they were expecting they were going to end up as team number one or number two. They probably figured we'll be in the last few teams, but at least we're not going to be last. So how do you feel about taking the penalty here so quickly in the challenge? I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. I like actually like yelled. I was like stupid. Like I, I was, <laughs> I was so upset because it's not like, like I'm not having an issue with people taking the penalties. Like that's not the problem. I, like I, cause I think it was used really well. Um, flashback to the U S season seven. I think mm -hmm. when Rob got all those people to take the penalty and you have six teams on four hour penalties, like, mm -hmm. and that worked well for them. But when these girls spend five minutes trying and then give up, like, it's not like a team got it. Like if a team got it and like, they were really like, I would maybe say, okay. Yeah. But like within five minutes, like seven of the teams figured it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe there's editing to that, but like teams got it with it. And then there were, at the airport and they're like you got it like like they were shocked that someone figured out like a word puzzle like it was just so bad they're lucky that they weren't eliminated yeah the only reason i think that this did work is because and i don't know i'd have to go back and watch the episode i, I watched the second half of the episode a second time the first half i'm a little bit blurry on because it's been i think about four or five days now but i don't know was it mentioned but at this point that there were going to be separate flights. Do you remember? I guess you just finished no. it like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. They didn't mention anything about flying anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that was like another thing. I feel like how much time are you saving by taking this penalty on the first leg? Yeah. Like most legs you travel somewhere, at least in the U.S., every leg you get your clue and you're like, fly to Costa Rica, fly to Chile, like, I mean, maybe it's different for Canada, but, like, there's a point where these people are all going to meet up again on the first leg. Mm -hmm. So it seems so ridiculous to save five minutes here to then pay two hours late. It was just awful. Yeah, well, and it is probably after the fact, like, looking at it, I, I was kind of annoyed that they took the penalty. And then as soon as they got to the airport, and maybe it was that point where I realized, okay, you can... Uh, use this to your advantage because there are multiple flights. It's one of these situations they had in the episode where it's like the first, you know, three teams to finish will get on the first flight. The next four teams will get on the next flight. The next, you know, four teams will get on the next flight. And you know that these flights are going to be at least a half an hour apart. So you take a two-hour penalty and you know that the last group of people are going to be at least an hour behind you. That does work to your advantage. But at the same time, you know, is it worth the risk, I guess? Um, so it would be more worth a risk in like old school Amazing Race and mm -hmm. I hate to like brand it that way but like in the old school like I'm thinking I'm just flashing back to Charla and Myrna like booking flights and getting on these like amazing time savers mm -hmm. of flights and like that's what you had to do and now it's more like at most you'll have two hours between another flight Yeah. so like there's not much time that you're saving so I just seem like at, at, for this stage of the race that it's in, like the era that it's in, it seems foolish to save two hours. Like it's just foolish to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I don't think it was the smartest choice. It's not something I would ever do. I can't foresee myself ever taking a penalty 
just because it is too much of a risk and you don't know what's going to happen. And you also don't know, maybe you could finish it five minutes later. But uh, the way that this worked, I think I'm not as annoyed watching it as a viewer, kind of like last year where two teams took it. You're like, okay, it'll at least be a race between the bottom two teams. The fact that there was that advantage of the uh, the flights, I'm like, okay, this it's not like it's a given. They're going to be the last place team now. And they ended up finishing, I guess, a little bit ahead of everybody else. Uh, the one thing I want to point out in this challenge was the Morse code and how bad some of these people are. Like, w one team picked, hello, can you hear me? That's <laughs> what the Morse code was. Do you remember which one that was? That was the girls, Megan and Courtney. Yeah, and it's funny because it ended up being uh, Vancouver something island. <laughs> and they're like, hello, can you hear me? I'm like, how, how are they even deciphering this? Like, you think you'd get close. Okay, I see that there's a V in there. There's a C somewhere. You come up with something that has a V and a C. And they're like, hello, can you hear me? <laughs> and, the, just... and, the, and the boys said, is it the letter S? Yeah, the letter <laughs> S. Like, what? <laughs> I honestly believe that there were teams that were just not even trying to, you know, figure out the Morse code. They're just like, all right, let's just throw random phrases out there. Oh, maybe it's a place. Maybe it's going to be Winnipeg. Maybe it's going to be Lethbridge. And oh, it was hilarious just watching. Like, nobody was really putting the effort in this one. Uh, we do have the return of the BMO Cashback Mastercard, which uh, I know you're very excited about. Uh, you asked me about that after the episode aired. If it was just all Mentos and BMO. I felt that this was probably the most subtle uh, placement they've had for the BMO cashback mastercard. We didn't have anybody saying, let me book my flight on my BMO mastercard. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what the past seasons have. If you've never seen Amazing Race Dana, go back to, I think it was season three, and just watch the first few episodes just for the, I'm going to put that on my BMO, whatever elite mastercard. <laughs> this was much more subtle. You got to give them credit for that. Yeah, it was subtle, except I really, one of the teams, when they got into the cars at the beginning, was like, ooh, this is nice. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, <laughs> stop. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be product placement, and I'm interested to see what's going to replace Mentos on this one, because you know it's going to be more than just the, the car and the, the MasterCard. But, uh, yeah, there's probably, like, I heard there were more sponsors this year than any other. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what they are. Awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll find by the end of the... Oh, hold on. They got proud sponsors. BMO, 200. Uh, Chevrolet, and... I have no idea what this is. I'm clicking on the link. Cinorama? Uh, I guess it's some type of Expedia Travelocity type thing. Those are their three sponsors. Okay, so it's going to be more natural this time, at least. So, so that means that it, we're probably definitely 100% guaranteed to go abroad yeah we're not going to stay in canada this whole leg well this scenorama is specifically for it says number one in canada for organized tours to asia so i'm assuming it's going to be china or the philippines or something like that so yeah we'll, we'll, i guess where did we'll they go somewhere. last season i'm blanking last season i think it was did it start as south america or am i remembering that as season three uh vietnam they went i remember vietnam for sure um Tokyo. Okay. Uh, oh, no, those are the trips. <laughs> I'm like, they oh, went okay. a, I'm looking right here. I'm like, Paris, <laughs> London, Tokyo. No, those are the trips they won. Okay. So, uh, Vietnam was one for sure. What else do we have here? Uh, yeah, Vietnam was in like three. And Cuba. So, Vietnam and Cuba. They were big on communism last season. Uh, <laughs> they're changing it up this year. 
so I guess some of the places when they eventually did get to Vancouver, the suspension bridge, that's what I was talking about earlier. I felt like that was a really cool visual. It would have been great to have a challenge there, regardless of what it is. Maybe they couldn't have come up with a really interesting challenge, but we were, come on, we were riding on bicycles, hitting balls with mallets. And, you know, in a boat, that's all the challenges were in this one. I think it could have been a little bit more interesting. There's a brief stop at Gassy Jack. Like, this felt like a finale to me where they're just, oh, go find this landmark, go find this landmark. And it wasn't much of a challenge. I don't know why they include these landmarks that are supposed to be great if they do nothing other than pick up a clue there. Uh, but I really was excited for that suspension bridge. Uh, they could have done something. Um, as the non-Canadian of the group. Um, the group of two. <laughs> yeah. Um, is this suspension bridge a big deal? Because like they got it. Like one of the teams was like, "Oh yeah, obviously the suspension br- or whatever." Like, and it seemed like such like a unknown thing. But is it a big deal in uh, Canada? Well, I mean, I hadn't. I haven't been there since I was a kid. I think I was eight years old the last time I was there. I don't remember going on a suspension bridge, but I can tell you, like, that whole area, the forests there and the parks, like, the trees are just enormous. Like, we're talking, like, huge, huge monstrous trees. So it wouldn't surprise me that they would have something like that there. And I would guess it would be a big deal. I'm interested to see it now. Um, Gassy Jack. (laughs) Do we have any facts on Gassy Jack in this episode? Like, we have to come up with something. Gassy Jack... You were not featured nearly enough in The Amazing Race Canada. Uh, Gassy Jack Dayton, otherwise known as John Dayton, a Canadian bar owner who was born in Hull, England. The Gastown neighborhood of Vancouver, British Columbia is named after him. So Gastown, a neighborhood in Vancouver, is named after Gassy Jack. Why he has the name Gassy Jack, I don't think I want to read any further. Uh, Do you have any facts on Gassy Jack? Is he known? You're talking about suspension for not being known. How, How famous is Gassy Jack south of the border? You're asking me. Yeah, <laughs> he must be famous. Um, that seems very unobvious. Like I've never heard of that. Like I don't think I've I'll never ever heard hear it about it again. Yeah, unless you live in Gastown in Vancouver, I don't think you know who Gassy What's Jack is. What's the like population size of that area? Like of Gastown? Yeah. Well, let's see. And again, this is just an. Uh, it says it's the northeast end of the downtown area. Uh, do we have a population? I mean, population Vancouver would be huge. Um, no, no facts on it. So, so very small. Very, yeah. Well, that's what I could guess. I mean, the population of Vancouver is. This is an edit point. <laughs> uh, it's got to be more than that. Two hundred. Okay, two million. So almost two and a half million in Vancouver. So a fraction of two and a half million people might know who Gassy Jack is. Uh, right. Okay. That's all on Gassy Jack this week. Stay tuned for next week on more Gassy Jack facts on The Amazing Race Canada. Um, okay. So I guess the main challenge in this episode was the tightrope walk. Uh, so they mentioned this as a Canada 150 challenge. Did I miss something? Or was there anything different about this than there was in any other challenge? Like, is it anything specific? <laughs> I was going to ask you. I, so I, I was like, what made like it special? It didn't seem any different than anything. It didn't seem like a standout. I was like, is this a Canadian ritual or something? Like, yeah. do people just regularly? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously this is a big deal because just last week, July 1st, was the 150th birthday of Canada. It was Canada's 150th. So this whole year, everything in this country is Canada 150, Canada 150. Uh 
I think it's fine if you have a Canada 150 challenge, but what makes this a Canada 150 challenge? I don't understand. Is it just challenges in Canada? Like, I don't get it. Um, but still, I think it was a cool challenge. Have you seen, I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm hoping some people out there have seen it because it's a great movie. The movie The Walk that came out a few years ago with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but... Yeah. It's um, basically a true story about a guy who put a tightrope between the towers of the World Trade Center in the 70s and walked across it. And uh, if you like have a chance to see it in 3D, it's probably the greatest use of 3D I've ever seen in a movie. And this just like it made me want to watch The Walk again because half an hour of the movie is just a guy walking across a tightrope between the World Trade Center. And I, I just love the fact that they had to do that in this episode. Uh, is this something you would do? Would you walk across a tightrope if you had the challenge? If we're on a team together, are you jumping to do this or am I doing it? Um, well, I did have an add-on before I answer that question. Okay. Because um, it didn't really seem like a tightrope walking challenge as some teams just <laughs> Adam sliding on Adam's it. Adam's butt uh, slide, as he said. <laughs> yeah. And Bert hanging from yeah. it like, <laughs> like a, an animal or something. Mm -hmm. um, so if I knew that was going to be the challenge, then I'd be like, I'll do it. No problem. I'll just slide across it. I can just sit on it and pull. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, did, I didn't seem too, like if I were there, I wouldn't seem too excited to do it. Although the clue would have probably just made me do it um, just because so, it was so vague. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I ask that because one of the interesting things they do in this season, and this is something that's setting it apart from the American version, American version is basically just hashtag everything now. We don't really have hashtags on this. I mean, we don't even really have team names so much. There's just the one team giver, which is Kenneth and Ryan, uh, and that's just more of a nickname. But the thing that they did on Amazing Race Canada that I found was really different is they put these polls up when the episode's airing. And did, did you see that on your feed or was uh. that not on there? That was so annoying. Yeah, well, it's it's. I think it's a fun idea that they put these polls up, you know, asking questions. And then you're seeing the percentage of people who are voting as the episode airs live. But when they ask the question, "Would you do this challenge?" Like, of course, it's gonna be ninety percent yes or whatever. Uh, I think this was uh, eighty-two percent would do it. Uh, Two percent said they'd take the penalty on this. Like. I like the idea of having these polls in there, but it's kind of obvious, would you do this challenge? Well, the majority of the people are going to say yes. I don't know who anybody who would. If you do this on Fear Factor, like I can remember back when, did you, did you ever watch Fear Factor? Uh, not in full, but I've seen some. See, that was the fun thing when Fear Factor was on. Whenever you're watching Fear Factor, you'd ask the people, oh, would you do this one? Would you do this one? And that's fun. This is an amazing race. We're talking about, you know, you have a safety harness. Would you walk across it for $250,000? Uh, I like the idea of these polls. I think that they can probably find better ways to incorporate it than would you do this challenge. Yeah, and then there was the... And they did the detour one, too. Which detour would you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that one I like because you're getting a better idea. But, but they hadn't even finished explaining the challenge yet. I think he said, pedal or paddle? And then all of a sudden it came up as like 64% for paddle. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's yeah, hear these, it like, first. producers that are... These are like all the producer votes that are going yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Already saw the episode. Like, yeah. Uh, this was basically just the percentage of which teams did which. Uh, what but, names do you like more, like, is what it was at first. Mm. But do you like the idea of having something interactive on the show like this? Yeah, I don't mind it, if, as long as it's done better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the first one was, at first it got really annoying, because it was kind of big for my, like, at least... 
when I was seeing it. It looked like a quarter quite, of the screen, yeah. Yeah, it was like a lot of what I could see, and I'm like, yeah, the bottom of the screen, there's not going a lot going on. I was like, I couldn't see it. Like, uh, if it was just done better, I would have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, by the way, breaking news here: Mentos did discontinue their sponsorship of the Amazing Race Canada for season five. Oh, <laughs> how uh, come? Uh, no real reason. I mean, they probably just got better ones. Um, we do have Campbell Soup is a new sponsor. So there's going to yes, be... Yes, the Soup Challenge. <laughs> I can't wait for the Campbell Soup Challenge of the Amazing Race Season oh. 5. Can it be like the um, the eating challenge? You have to eat like 20 cans of soup yeah. in five minutes or something. Do you remember what season it was of the American version where they had to eat... It might have been like a whole ostrich egg, but it was basically equivalent to like 20 eggs. Which one was that? Do you remember? I don't remember. I know they had to do an egg eating challenge, like a quick egg eating challenge on um, the blind dating season. Mm -hmm. But This one was earlier than that. It was like a huge ostrich egg. But those are the ones I like where it's like you're eating something normal, but it's like an obscene amount of that. So, yes, 20 cans of cream mushroom soup. A challenge for an upcoming episode. We're going to come up with challenges. As a roadblock. As a roadblock, yeah. We're going to come up with challenges every week to incorporate our sponsors. And by the way, this episode of the Oz Network is brought to you by Mentos. That's what they discontinued their sponsorship for. Yes. (laughs) We have Mentos. Rossi, you got to work it into one of your answers here. Um, So, yeah, the the tightrope walk was a really cool challenge. And uh, I loved when – who's Deb's son? um, Aaron. When Aaron uh, was saying, they said, she's going to nail this sucker. And, like, she struggled more than anybody. It's just one of those brilliant moments when you have the, the timing of it. Uh, who uh, had the best moment on here? Was it Adam's butt slide? Was it Deb falling and screaming bloody murder? What was your favorite moment of this? Um, I think my favorite moment was when, um, I think, I forget which of the girls was doing it, Megan or Courtney forget which one was doing it but then when the other girl on the bottom was like she's she can't balance to save her life or something like that and i just thought that was so funny i also like ebony singing across it uh, see this is what the uh, second half of the episode was missing like i like doing fun things and having fun moments like this uh because the second thing we had was the detour which uh the polls came up before we explained it but it's pedal or paddle uh, I'm sorry. This was like the most boring. I'm sure that there were you know ways this could have been interesting, but this was the most boring detour ever to watch. I don't think either was interesting. Uh, paddle was basically just a boat. Like we've seen it a million times. It was nothing really extraordinary. And then the uh, pedal was on a bike. What is the sport they're doing? Like it's a version of a sport where you have balls. Is that croquet or cricket? I don't know. Well, they were the saying polo throughout polo, the episode. Yeah. I, I don't know what croquet is. Some For some reason, it reminds me of croquet. Uh, let's say croquet and polo are the same thing. Um, let's assume that. that I'm making that's... it up. <laughs> that's what it is. But yeah, it's basically on a bike, which I think is a really cool idea. But just watching these people ride around themselves, like put them against the team, that would have been fun. And it just it was incredibly boring to watch. Like, Did you uh, pick any moments out in this that you really liked? Other than um, Bert <laughs> front flipping after completing it, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, there wasn't really anything memorable. The only thing that I remember from the entire, even though I just saw it, like the only thing that really stood out was the fact that 
they were supposed to get the ball for the pedal challenge past the defender, mm-hmm. but half the time there was no one by the yeah. the net. So I was really confused. Did did the defender have a lunch break? Yeah. Like going str- <laughs> like I didn't know what was going on. And like I remember Aaron shot it in front of the net when no one was there. I was like, where is these people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there were better ways. The, the note I made was that uh, paddle was just boring to watch. And pedal would have been fun as a full game. It just it wasn't fun the way it was presented here. So maybe they can incorporate it in a, a different one. What's the? Well, it could have been. Um, sorry, it could have just been. I remember season three, they did that really, like really quick soccer challenge where someone was blindfolded. Oh yeah. And they had to do like, but that was a, like a a, ro- a rude info task where yeah. everyone had to do it. Are you talking like, about like the it, one where the other person had to guide you as you were blind? Yeah, had to go yeah. through like the cones and then shoot it. Yeah, that was great. Like, yeah. That was good. I feel like if the pedal was that, it would have been better instead mm-hmm. of this like half like budget cut challenge. <laughs> that, that would be a good way of describing it. It almost felt like this episode there were budget cuts. Like they spent so much money on the tightrope challenge and then going to the suspension bridge well it was the 150 challenge so they had to up <laughs> yeah up the money. That's, that's what 150 challenges are this is where we're pulling out all the stops no they budget got the cuts. best fairmont hotel or whatever it yeah. was in the whole <laughs> the city fairmont. and gassy jack like that's where all the dollars <laughs> oh, went in this course. episode um but yeah not really much to say on detours uh which one would you have picked if you had the choice um at first, I was like, oh, well, let's just do pedal because that seems easier. But I probably would have gone with the boat just because it seemed like there was, as long as you were the one paddling, you really didn't have any work to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I would have just paddled with the other people and let the other person suffer. Uh, my favorite moment I already did mention, it was when Bert finally completed this thing and he was showing off and he front flipped off the bike and he went, all right, I deserve that. <laughs> that was a really funny line. Um uh, after this, uh, I guess we'll go into the teams here. Uh, before we get to, we'll go the way we usually do this is we go backwards uh, in order of the teams that checked in, or do we go forwards? We go forwards. Okay, we'll do it in order they checked in. Uh, so let's just round this out here. They basically go to a giant maze, and again, I felt like this was a missed opportunity. Like if I had any way to explain this episode, it's a good episode. It was just missed opportunities where they could have done more interesting things. You know if you finish a detour, okay, I'm going to uh, go find John now. And if you're the first team out of there, you're probably first. I love the idea of putting John in the middle of a maze. And you have teams who may have shown up there first. And they're just having so much trouble finding him in the maze that maybe the fourth place team passes them. Like, that would have been a great way to finish this episode, which is kind of what I was hoping for when they showed a maze. And then, I guess it's just really quick and they find him. Um, but still, it's a cool place to finish. Just a missed opportunity. Uh, Kenneth and Ryan, your team number one. Kenneth and Ryan, your team number one. Kenneth and Ryan, your team number one. <laughs> and then he doesn't even say it. Yeah. And uh, Don doesn't even say that. He says, team giver team or whatever, giver, your which, team number one. Yeah, that caught on quick, team giver. Um, you mentioned, let's talk about them now. You mentioned that uh, you said they stood up for you in all the wrong for all the wrong reasons. And that now you love them. What did you love about Kenneth Ryan in this episode? I don't know. I got the impression that they were more like, more more along the lines of like the, um, I can't remember their names. They won the third season. Oh, Gino um, and Jesse? Yeah, or like those really, like the bro guys, like the Tanner and Josh. For, <laughs> yeah, like those kinds of teams. 
and they weren't. They're like the quirky, like yeah. the alternative team that we know that we would get. Like usually, we see like the alternative person is like a girl or uh, someone with tattoos or something. But these guys like fit it so They're well. Like BJ and Tyler from season nine of better. US, yeah. Like but really high energy, <laughs> like yeah. really high energy. Like these guys are know, on I something. Just love them. They they were like obnoxious but in like a good way like i never was rubbed wrong by what they were saying or doing and i I just love them my only question is will they get old fast like if they you know we talked about uh season 27 it was with justin and diana the u.s version uh whether you know justin we loved him the first few episodes whether he would become too much if they showed him too much and i think thankfully for that show during the second half they scaled back a little bit and it helped I almost worry that if these guys are shown too much, then maybe they will get old. So I'm hoping that we still have the teams mixing them up because these guys are fun. I just feel like they're going to be fun in small doses, and too much of them's probably going to get annoying eventually. I guess it just depends um, if other people are able to provide the entertainment because I think there are some teams that are going to be very business about this and just be very bland. Like, I don't see Karen and Bert having super, super great moments, maybe, or Corey and Yvonne. Like, I just hope that those teams can be entertaining, too. Yeah. So that it's not heavy. Like, a lot of times when there's a really entertaining team that put a lot of focus on them just because that's all they're getting. Um, well, I guess really quickly for all these teams... There's great bios up on the website, uh, I guess fun bios. I don't know if it's great. It doesn't tell you much about them. but uh, Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Well, we'll read the entire thing for the Eliminated team every week, but I guess for each team here, we'll give a quick fact, and we'll try not to duplicate these week by week. So Kenneth and Ryan, otherwise known as Team Giver, um, quick facts. I just thought this was funny. It says, where Kenneth is calm and collected, Ryan is hyper and always on the go. Okay, one of these guys is calm and collected. I can't I can't tell you this early in the show which one's Kenneth, which one's Ryan. But one of these guys is the calm one. Um, which one is the calm one? Well, I know Kenneth has the mustache. Okay. That's what I'm going by. And he's the calm one. <laughs> I, I think it's the other way around, but okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's what they claim about themselves. Uh, secondly, this is just little fun things that we'll point out. We're going to have some good ones as we go along here for these guys. But team they most associated with from previous seasons. Mikey and Pete from Season 2. The winners of Season 2. Do you remember Mikey and Pete? I don't. I remember Mickey and Pete. I don't know if this was... Did they really say, oh my god. It, it might be their typo or it might be CTV's typo. But Mikey and Pete from Season 2. The legendary winners. <laughs> yeah. Bit embarrassing. Um... So they were team number one. Uh, for team number two, Corey and Ivana. So uh, anything to stand out about Corey and Ivana for you for this episode? Um, no. I threw to you because I can't remember anything that they did in this I episode. really don't. I, I remember she did the roadblock in one go, which I thought was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But that was about it. Uh, okay, so Corey and Ivana. Let's find them on here. Corey Nirvana, where are you? Where are you? Are they missing? Corey Nirvana. So we were talking about them earlier. Not much that stands out. Um, all right, she's all right. Okay. Let's move on here. Sorry, Jamie's yelling in the background. <laughs> um, Ivana is a live wire who wears her heart on her sleeve. Born in Bosnia, she escaped Sarajevo, Sarajevo with her family at the age of six. Uh, that's a cool fact. That's interesting. Good on you, Ivana. 
And uh, team they most associated with in previous seasons, Gino and Jesse. Winners of season. Everybody associates with the winners. I'm yeah, glad they. Ass- yeah, I'm glad they associate with uh, Gino and Jesse and not Gina and Jesse, because uh, they were not nearly as successful on this race. Team number three, Adam and Andrea. Uh, for me, they were way more fun than I thought they would be. I don't know what it is about them, but I kind of thought they would be the boring team this season because they are brother and sister. I don't know if we've had like a great track record of brother and sister teams, but I thought they were great. Yeah, they were all right. I think that um, there may need to be like, I feel like they could struggle in some of the challenges coming up. Um, I don't know how strong Andrea is. We haven't seen that really tested yet. So I wonder if they're going to be able to keep up long term. So their family is Italian from Montreal. When they bicker, it can get intense, but there's no doubting the sibling bond they share. That's why I'm excited about them. Like, this is going to be a brother and sister duo that just, they're going to explode on each other, and I'm hoping for it. That's going to be really exciting if they do that. So there's your Adam and Andrea fact of the week, double A. Uh, did they have a team name, or are they brother and sister? Um, they're the A-team. The A-team, that's a good one. There we go. We're, we're going to name these slowly we're not going to pressure ourselves all in episode one uh there was only one other team that i think had a nickname this episode and i don't know if it was intentional uh sam and paul this was my invisible i'm gonna remember their names give me a second um jo- joey and joey and oh, come on <laughs> come on what's the name ask jamie she probably remembers she won't remember <laughs> She barely remembers the names of these people we just watched. Uh, the winners of the season, I always forget. Kelsey. Kelsey and Joey. Okay. Uh, so, Write it down. I just keep their profile open. And just uh. All right. So, Sam and Paul, they're my Kelsey and Joey this season. R- really, I cannot remember anything they did in this episode. Uh, Rossi, anything to say on Sam and Paul? No. Solid racing. Um I think their their like video is probably the best out of any of the teams in the beginning, because mm-hmm. they were talking about getting into arguments over food, and they won't talk for the entire day <laughs> if they make if they get into an argument. And I thought that was funny. But other than that, their race was stock standard. But I think that we'll see more of them. I, I could see them going far in this game, so I feel like we'll see a lot of them. Uh, I like that. The Amazing Race Canada website, you know, there's a lot of interactive things on there. And one of the things when you click on the individual team is that they have a little plus sign that you can click on on the players' bodies that give you a fact about them. So here is a quick fact about the right upper chest of Sam. Uh, If I had a yacht, I would name it the SS Carol for my grandma. And the left armpit of Paul says, my favorite movie is The Dark Knight. There's your facts about Sam and Paul this week. I already know more about them than I did in this episode. Uh, here's the other team with the sixth, or the fifth place team with the team name. I can't remember who it was that said about them, but referring to Zed and Shabir, they said it's beard and bald. So that's what they'll be. Well, that was on their um, hats too in that very first did challenge. Did they have that? I remember seeing something where Zeb was wearing a, Zed was wearing a hat that said mm-hmm. beard and then his father had a... <laughs> thing that said bald okay then that's good then they can officially be beard and bald <laughs> uh zed and i keep wanting to call him zeb but i don't know why zed, zed and shabir so zeb zed and shabir uh 
they're again a fun team i just have to say they don't look like father and son like they look pretty close in age if you ask me um rossi you're a fan of zed and shabir i am um i think that they're a fun team and they're kind of unique um and i really loved the team that they said they were similar to because i thought that was really cool simian opie um, yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, that you know what we have to pick something here. That that'll be our fun fact about them too. Uh, I mentioned this all the way back in season three or season four. I can't remember when, but just before my son was born, uh, we had like a bunch of giraffes, and I started naming them after Amazing Race characters. And the first ones we had were two giraffes named Simeonopi, which are in his crib with him right now. Still, he's over a year old. He's got Simeonopi in his crib. He has Sharla, which is a mini giraffe. He's got. Chip, my favorite from Chip and Kim. Chip is uh, the main one he sleeps with. But we're going to come up with a Zed and Shabir animal for him, whether it's a giraffe or not. If he has them, it must be, here's your fun facts, Zed, if he could be an animal, it would be a cheetah, and Shabir would be a lion. So, yeah, th- those are going to be the animals that we get because they associate with Simeon OP from season. Oh, um, yeah, they seem like they're going to be a fun team, I think. Uh, I don't know if they stood out that much in this episode. Again, a lot of teams in. It was the first one, but uh, uh, optimistic about them going forward. Still don't think they look like father and son. And I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that one looks... It, I don't even know how old they are, but it feels like the father... Is that Shabir the father? Yes. Yeah. Shabir looks younger, I think, than he probably is. And I think Zed looks a little bit older than he really is. Or maybe he had him when he was 12. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to start any rumors here. Karen and Bert, <laughs> the married couple. Uh, Bert, my guy that face planted <laughs> and stated he was, uh, sorry, I deserve that. Uh, that was my favorite moment in this episode. Uh, how do you think Karen and Bert are going to go throughout the season? Oh, not good. Not good times. <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to get yeah. into it later, but preseason, what did you expect out of Karen and Bert and what has changed now? I don't know. I thought they would be fine. Like, I didn't think too much of them. They weren't standouts for me. Um, but I got really annoyed, like, when they were like midway through the episode and Karen's like, well, yeah, I'm a little tired now. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it seems like she didn't even bother preparing. It's like, she's going on like a family trip instead of like on the amazing race. So she seems so unprepared, unready. And I don't see her being able to compete at the level that Bert or the rest of the people are able to. Again, I rewatched this episode, but I only saw the second half of it. Did they say how they met? Was she a groupie for him or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's a rapper who goes by Dirt Gritty. Uh, <laughs> I'm not familiar with Dirt Gritty. Uh, I'd love to find him on here. Uh, maybe we could find him on YouTube. Uh, that'll be for a future episode. Uh, it seems like such a fun idea, the, the rapper and the groupie. <laughs> but I kind of agree with you. I think that he's definitely the star that they wanted on this. Uh, her not so much um yeah so i guess that is our fun fact uh bert is dirt gritty <laughs> he's always quick to come up with a rhyme for any occasion and karen works as a social worker um <laughs> which she transitioned from a previous career as a groupie i don't know it's just such a fun idea i'm kind of optimistic about them because i think there's something fun about them and i think we all thought Simeon and Opie were gonna suck and they ended up, they did end up sucking, let's be honest. <laughs> but they were fun because they sucked. Uh, this will be, Jared, we want you watching this and back on the show because Jared had that famous line, it's like it takes a special type of team to suck that bad. Uh, 
The ones they associate with Bert says that uh, they associate with Joel and Ashley from season four. I can see that. <laughs> and Karen says Hal and Joanne from season one. Um, Who did suck. They did suck too. And they're the, still to this day the most famous people to ever compete on this show. So maybe she's just using the fame thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, they're going to be a middle of the road season. I don't know. Or not season. Uh, team. I don't know if they're going to be like a star team. But uh, they're going to be okay, I think. Here comes maybe my second favorite team in this one, Andrea and Ebony. Uh, I thought that they were a blast in this episode. Most of it was because they were the major storyline here. And uh, we had the moment with Ebony singing. I didn't even realize this. Ebony competed on Canada's Next Top Model or something like that. Uh, There's a fun fact about her. Uh, and as you said, they're models turned uh, business partners. So uh, how we already gave a lot of opinions on Andrea and Ebony, but uh, anything else to add on them? And how do you think they're going to do going forward? Um, I don't know. I, I, I was so mad that they took that thing. However, they did obviously learn from their mistake, considering that they said no more penalties, which would be funny if they didn't take a penalty and spend six hours on a challenge mm-hmm. Lena and Christy eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know I think that they're definitely strong and they, they seem very physical it's just like I don't know if they're smart racers to last I could see them being eliminated within three episodes but I could also see them being the final three yeah I'm leaning towards the latter uh, if I had to pick one team right now I guess if I had to pick three teams we'll do that on the end but I'll just say they're going to be one of them uh, Dan and Rhea, one of the other fun ones. The creators of YouTube, <laughs> congratulations. Yes. What are you doing on here? Mark Zuckerberg's not doing the Amazing Race. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> he will eventually. The lab edition. <laughs> um, so Dan and Rhea, uh, favorite moments for them? Are they a team you're looking at going forward? And uh, I guess update us on your preseason pick of them too. Um, I thought that they were going to be awful, and they were pretty awful. Um, but I was I think they were definitely more enjoyable than I thought they would be mm-hmm. like I, I didn't expect them to seem as energetic I don't know for some reason people who make YouTube videos I didn't, for some reason I didn't predict them to do well in an entertainment standpoint but I really enjoyed them I'm glad that they were here and I hope to see the more of them because they're one of the teams that is just fun to watch because they're so out of their element and everything and if it hasn't been stated enough already, do you know that they do have one video on their YouTube channel that has 14 million views and counting? I didn't, not from the promo entrance that they got. I want to see how much that goes up by the end of the season here. Um, so, Dan and Rhea, they have a successful YouTube channel, not the entire YouTube that they have. Uh, fun fact, name of the channel is called Dan and Rhea. <laughs> All right, fourteen million views for Dan and Rhea. Uh, I think well, they're going to be very on the brand on on the nose with their branding. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know who they are, so we're not going to forget them. Um, we're going to find a YouTube video of theirs to share uh, at some point. As our goal every week going forward, just because we don't have time this week, is we're going to find a great Dan and Rhea video. This is our segment going back to Brian and Cynthia segment of the week. Uh, we're going to have Dan and Rhea's YouTube video of the week. And we're going to have Dirt Gritty Song of the Week uh, until we run out of them or until they're eliminated. Uh, still, you know, you said they didn't do well on this one, but I mean, this was really a race between the two worst teams, which I think it was pretty obvious to see from the beginning of the episode who the two worst teams are going to be. 
obviously at this point, uh, Andrea and Ebony, they were already checked in after that thing. Dan and Rhea after that. And then Megan and Courtney. Was this really, between Megan and Courtney and Aaron and Deb, was this even a question for you as to which one was going to be gone? No, but it was so tough because I loved them both. They're too, I love these teams so much. Megan and, and Courtney? So, or Aaron and, and Aaron, No, both of them. I love them both. Mm-hmm. And I was so sad that one of them had to leave. Um, but I can't really say that I was shocked that the 50-some-year-old woman that was <laughs> falling off the building four times left. Yeah. Yeah, I I had no hope for Aaron and Deb. Uh, and they seemed very interesting. You know, they had, like I said, they stood out to me preseason. They had an interesting look. They had an interesting profession. Uh, it would have been hilarious if they could have pulled off a miracle and gotten to the end of this. Uh, I think pretty much everybody expected they were going to be the first ones out. They are probably cast to be the first ones out. Megan and Courtney, uh, I don't know, they... I'm, I'm still on the fence about them. They're not as fun as I thought they would be, and maybe that's because we have... It's interesting I've been saying that I'm not really having a lot of teams stand out to me, yet the teams are so big, so hyper, so loud. Maybe it's just everybody's getting drowned out, but Megan and Courtney, they're just sort of in the middle for me. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good. I don't think they're going to last very long. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the next ones out. But uh, if they do stick around, I mean, there's nobody on here that I'm completely bored by, so I'm okay if they do stick around. Um, Aaron and Deb, talk about them really quickly. Anything else to add? We're going to get to the fun facts here about, uh, uh, I guess, both teams. Let's just quickly cover uh, Aaron and Deb before we get to the fun facts about both, because we're going to have more for Aaron and Deb. Um, I was so happy that they were like, just like, we're going to run in our suits, and that's what we're going to do. And I just thought that was so awful, but so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we're, I know that the other teams were dying to know what they do. Um, they were just so great. Like I was so glad that they were here. They were. I wish they were on every episode, not even competing. I wish they were just people giving out clues. I just wish they were in every episode. And um, oh, honestly, I'm so sad that they had to go because they were so quirky, so fun, so different. Um, and they made they put the fun in funeral. <laughs> they put the fun in funeral. Yes. Uh, fun facts here about Megan and Courtney. Just going back, uh, if it is left to right, like uh, they're viewed on the website, uh, Megan's right forearm says the last movie that made me cry was The Notebook, and Courtney's cleavage says my dream vacation would be to go to Italy with Megan. <laughs> wow, this is such an awkward interactive thing on the website here. Uh, last thing to add, team that they most associate with from previous seasons, nobody, because we're unique. That means they never watched the show. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to quickly cover the eliminated team here of uh, the fun and funeral. Um, why, why is our profile not visible to me here? Uh, stalling, stalling, that's what we're doing here. Uh, well, while, while, while we're waiting to get that loaded up. Yeah. While, while you're, the listeners, waiting for us to get these profiles loaded, you can enjoy a nice Mentos while you're, <laughs> while you're sitting at home relaxing and listening to a podcast, or maybe while you're at work. Yeah. Maybe you should, you'll maybe get the courage to talk to that person you haven't spoken to in a while. Nothing passes the podcast listening time quicker than a nice fresh Mentos <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> yes. 
And if you have a picture of you listening to Mentos while listening to this episode, we will give you a free pack of Mentos, uh, courtesy of the Oz Network. <laughs> Just enter the code Mentos10 yeah. into the website. <laughs> uh, fun facts here. We're going to go through the entire thing because we won't talk about them again. Fun facts about uh, Aaron and Deb. Their motto is, we're going to bury the competition. They really were playing characters here. I think sometimes that could be annoying. I think it's kind of funny with them because she's old and he's her son and they dress she alike. Old. I don't know why. Her being old and being this quirky character, it was it was kind of funny. Uh, if you and your teammate were a pop duo, what would your name be? Earn it. U-R-N. <laughs> Walk on song. Oh Staying alive by the Bee Gees. Oh my god. Team they most associate with from previous seasons, Simi and Opie. Simi and Opie are really popular here. Uh, if you could be an animal, what would you be? Aaron says an elephant. Deb says a lion. Uh, <laughs> we do have one more extra thing to add on them, the uh, individual uh, things here. But for that, uh, we'll have to wait a second because the page still isn't loading. Uh, um, Rossi, quickly talk about your preseason picks as this is loading for me here. Um, my predictions, you mean? Yeah, what were your predictions going in? Uh, you already said that they were your last place pick, uh, Aaron and Deb, so yeah. that was straight. Run through your other predictions from last to first preseason. Okay, so this is all preseason. I only went based on the bios. I didn't watch any videos or anything like that. Um, so I said Aaron and Deb would be first, which they were. Um, and next I said would be Ken and Ryan, the givers. Oh, wow. <laughs> which I don't see happening now. Um... I don't know why that is. Um, then after them, I have Karen and Bert, which I could see happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I see Corey and Ivana coming next as maybe that uh, U-turn team, like a Seth and Olive type. Um, then I said the girls, Megan and Courtney. Adam You're and really Andrea. optimistic for Megan and Courtney. You're high on them. <laughs> okay, well, it was preseason. I thought that they could turn heads and maybe they would do well. Um... And after them, Adam and Andrea, Zed and Shabir. And then the final three teams I have finishing in third would be Andrea and Ebony. Then I have Dan and Rhea coming in second. And then I have the team invisible, Sam and Paul winning. (laughs) Sam and Paul were your preseason pick to win? Well, you show me another physical team that wouldn't get you a turn to win. Uh, Zed and Shabir. Yeah, but do you not see a challenge where Shabir could fall and not do well? Well, I'm just remembering back to season one of The Amazing Race Canada where the old man and his son won it, and that's just what I'm thinking. Uh, Undeservingly won it. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, this is coming from the guy who loved Hamilton and Michaela, dumbest team in Amazing Race history. Uh, I'll quickly give, I didn't do any preseasons, I'll quickly give the three teams that I'm looking at to potentially win this entire thing. I did say Andrea and Ebony are one of my final three. I'm definitely thinking Kenneth and Ryan are going to be another one. And if I had to pick a third, um, I don't know, um, maybe, maybe Dan and Rhea? They might be my third one. I could see that happening. Uh, let's quickly move on and do our parting questionnaire. So this if you've listened to one of our other shows, not on the Oz Network, but listen to Off the Podium via iTunes, uh, we do a fun thing where we take Olympic profile questionnaires that were given to Team Canada during the last Olympics, and then we ask all the athletes that are on the show these questionnaires. Some of them are fun. Amazing Race Canada did the same thing, too. So, for Deb first, her favorite food is grapes. And this is handwritten. That's the other cool thing. So, you know, if you ever want to, I don't know, 
uh, commit fraud and <laughs> sign a check in their name. <laughs> you know how to do it now. My favorite food is grapes. I can't leave home without hand sanitizer. I'm the same way. Uh, my celebrity crush is George Clooney. I am not the same way on that. I'm just going to state it. <laughs> but that was my mom's celebrity crush. So uh, something in common there with Deb. Uh, if I had a yacht, I would name it Built on the Rock. I don't know why. Um, my most overused emoji is birthday cake. When I was young, I played soccer slash musical theater. Is that one thing? Like, is that soccer musical theater? Or is that soccer and musical theater? I'm guessing she ran out of room to say <laughs> and. Unless she invented a new activity that's all the rage. In, in, I'm uh, going with that, yeah. Wherever they're from. I want to see uh, soccer musical theater as the, the next thing to take over in Canada. Uh, and my biography would be titled, I'm a lion, get out of my way. <laughs> they're, I think they're more fun in their profile videos than they are, or not the profile videos, their profiles than they were in their profile videos. That's just what my opinion is. Um, yeah, so there you go, good. Uh, I'm still waiting for these pages to load. What is is this my internet or is this the, the website? I don't know. I'm going to blame the I, I can go over Aaron's because I have it open. Okay, go over Aaron. I got it so open. So Aaron, his favorite food is steak and potatoes. Ah, that's Fooza. Come on, let's get well, this right, Aaron. Maybe maybe he meant meal. Okay. <laughs> um, his favorite movie is Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Very good choice. Um, his nickname is Spud. Okay. Which we never understood or got to know. Um, if he had a yacht, he would name it C-Note. His favorite emoji is the wink face. And the little picture that has it... In, it's not it. a wink. It's not a winking. <laughs> um, a little bad editing there. Uh-huh. Um, his biography would be titled Aaron, the man, the myth, the legend. You know, I just want to say really quickly, growing up, my brother and I did that. We came up with our own. We started to write them to our own biographies. It was just a joke thing. My brother's biography, I believe, was called the man, the myth, the legend as well. So that must be a popular one here in Canada. Yeah. These ca Canadian boys growing up thinking they're the man, <laughs> the, the man, myth, the, the myth, legend. and the legend. Yeah. All in once. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is the dream vacation would be to go to Africa with my family. What a coincidence. Because next week the leg is in Africa. Sorry. Oh, just missed really? out. No. But it would be oh. funny if it is. <laughs> that was like when we had Cormac and Nicole on from season two. And we brought up the fact that the Winnipeg leg was right after they were eliminated, which is the one they would have killed it on. Uh, I'm just disappointed there are no Winnipeg teams this time. I think we had some fun Winnipeg teams, Cormac and Cole and Brian and Cynthia, but that's just my hometown bias here. Uh, Rossi, thank you uh, for joining us here. We do have uh, one more sponsorship thing to get through this week, though. Uh, oh, do you want to take it away? Because your website's much better than mine right now. Which um, car is it that this season is brought to us by? So we are here, sponsored by the all-new 2017 Chevrolet Trax. That is T-R-A-X. That's trendy. And, Using an X on the end, very cool. Yes. It is all the rage. All the millennials are driving it. <laughs> um, Dan and, and Rhea even drove it on their YouTube channel? Yeah, they, they're vlogging about it as we speak. <laughs> um, and it comes with so many customizable features, but I think one of the things that we should definitely mention before we go is that the maximum cargo value of the vehicle is... 1,371 liters. Oh, how is that even possible? I, I don't know. Where, where, how, many, how many things of water would you need to carry back there? Because you'd have plenty of room. <laughs> uh, I just want to say Chevy Trax with an X. 
you have blown my mind and we would love to have you as a sponsor here on the Oz Network. So just keep us in mind. I think that they're, they're already sold. They're contacting you right now. They are. That's right. My phone's buzzing right now, uh, which means we have to go. And uh, Rossi, thank you for joining us. And I guess we should quickly say, as I lose my earphone and can't hear if you're responding to me right now, don't say anything, Rossi. Okay, there you go. Rossi, thank you for joining us. You can talk now. Uh, you know, good to be here. I was glad to cover this episode. It definitely brought up a lot of interesting things that I wasn't expecting in the first episode, but I'm glad that we got to break it all down and talk about all these sponsors that we love so much. And, uh, yeah, Mentos, uh, we're open to you as well. Um, we're going to talk quickly about the Chevrolet tracks and Mentos, but before then, let's just uh, quickly say uh, we did mention Amazing Race US Season 29. We did have a season wrap-up, which is more just a finale wrap-up and talking about the winner, which is what everybody's talking about right now. Uh, that episode will be coming. It just, it'll take a little bit of work to fix up the episode, but it is coming. Be patient. And uh, aside from that, as far as how much we're going to cover this week, I don't know. I feel like we did pretty good getting this done in an hour and ten minutes. But, uh, yeah, some of these episodes will be a little bit shorter. We're hoping to do this every week if we can, if not every two weeks. We're going to get as much of the season covered as possible because there's not a lot on TV this summer. So, uh, Rossi, are you up to watching this this entire summer, all the way from down there where I'm pointing? Yeah, as long as it as long as long it gets better. I think there's only one way to go at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's going to get better next week, and uh, hopefully they will go to Africa. and <laughs> They're going to go somewhere fun. Let's, let's, let's go outside of our bubble of Canada and communist nations and bring us something interesting this uh, for the upcoming weeks. But uh, Canada 150 is here, and this has been... Canada 150 episode of the Oz Network. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully we'll be back next week for this. And uh, until next time, I am Colin, the man, the myth, the legend. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.